Thank you for listening to the In The Lead show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and check out the In The Lead newsletter. Every week I send out mindfulness and leadership tips to help you become the best leader of you. See the show notes for a link to subscribe to the newsletter or go to www.intheleadshow.com and subscribe there. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the In The Lead show. My name is Jennifer Sang and today I am joined by Niyama Ashang, Chief Sherpa and founder of Outliers Edge to talk about what it means to be an outlier and outlying leadership. So welcome to the show. Jennifer, it is an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yes. Uh, well, we had met, you know, a couple months ago and I knew from our first conversation that, you know, I wanted to continue the conversation and also bring you on the show. So I'm really looking forward to all of your insights, especially around outlying leadership and how that applies to self-leadership and things people can do to become just better leaders of themselves. So before we get started though, I'd love to know a little bit about you. So who are you? Yeah, who am I? Well, I would say here, uh, well, my name is Niyama Kwekua Shang. Let me say that. Um, and I think that's actually important then for it to, to start off with that because for the last 20 years or the 20 years beforehand, I was known as Nemo. Um, oh. uh, yeah, my, I was, I was born Niyama. My family calls me Niyama, but, uh, in, uh, as I was growing up, my teenage years, I came by and I, I took on a nickname of Nemo it was given to me by my uh, marching band, uh, mates. And, you know, I'll be honest, I, I loved it. I loved it because, um, it felt like people were bringing me in. I felt like I belonged. If you had a nickname, they're like, oh, they care about you enough that they gave you a nickname. And at that time, it was a very neutral name. No, like finding Nemo hadn't even come out at that at the time that I had gotten gotten the nickname. Uh, and then it came out about two years later. And once it did, my life went on a completely different trajectory. It's just like like this started. Everyone knew me before I came into a room. I would go introduce myself to people as Nemo, and then they would they would catch it and they would like they would lean in and be like like the fish. I'm like yeah, exactly. So it was like I was able to borrow the goodwill of of Nemo, and I feel like. That is important because I, what I didn't realize was that for years I worked in I worked in um, one of the top consulting firms on the planet right after after college. Um, I went then went from I was doing retirement actuarial work there, very like uh, numbers process uh, oriented. Um, then I moved into working in a tech company, uh, and when I was working in a tech company in New York City, um, we were working on advertising technology. So. Uh, but I was there, went from the mathematical element, the analytical element to go starting to work in uh, learning and development and culture. So I really, my team's mandate was to foster the global culture of the organization. Uh, and yeah, so to, to look at it and say, we have 1100 employees across the organization in 25 different offices in multiple different countries. How do we still feel like one organization while still like uh, honoring uh, each yeah. of the regional or local elements and how, how business is done and who the people are there. Yeah. What's interesting about that um, is that through this journey, uh, I recognize for myself, and I think this, is, this speaks to who I am, um, I recognize a few things. One of them was that uh, in all the different environments I was in, most of the environments I was in, uh, I turned out to be one of the only Black people in, in that entire organization or in, or in that field. So when I was doing the actuarial work, two to three percent of all actuaries at the time were African American. I actually got pulled into a focus group so that we can, uh, mm -hmm. um, by the governing organizations, to to like go and address it. 
um, in my, when I was working in tech, two to 3% of all people working in tech at that time were African-American. We actually like, someone actually did like some like handcrafted stats on like what it was like inside of our own organization. And it was like, oh, yeah. the, the, the numbers are holding up. Um, yeah. So I've been someone who has traversed life um, more or less like in this like two to 3% range, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like, and, and I think this is where like, at some point it, can't, it dawned on me that I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not supposed to be here. Like, like there's something here, like statistically, how is it that, that in, whenever there's a two to 3% average, like, or, or statistic, I'm there, right? Mm. Um, and it came back where I realized that, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. I've kind of gotten here through the persona of Nemo. Uh, Nemo, who makes things easy, Nemo, who puts a smile on people's face, Nemo, who has, and, and this is something I like adopted a way of being that was, that was not, that didn't honor all of who I, who I was. So I'm going to be really honest. I had like, I found a really great way of adopting whiteness in order to be like my version of that in order to be like seen as safe, uh, put myself in a position where I wouldn't be disregarded before I entered the room, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, and so that had, that was intrinsically within me. Uh, and over the last few years, I've been really focused on just uh, allowing, well, really allowing that, the fullness of me, the full expression of what I can bring beyond what I, what, what, what I had, um, what I felt was needed in order to be safe or to, to continue to be supported uh, to, to the table. So I own my name now. I am Niyama yeah. Kwekua Shah, right? Mm -hmm. um, I own being in the two to 3%. That's why I talk, talk about outliers. I love this group of people. It's not just like about demographics, but the, this aspect of like, if you're, if you're one of the few, like I get that world. <laughs> I, I know, I know what to, I know what to do with it. And we have something really amazing to bring. So I focus my time now on like, on finding and supporting and uh, just championing um, these leaders who I truly believe are going to shape the next era of humanity. We need something different to take us to, uh, to where we're, we're going next. Um, and so that's, that's who I am. That's, that's what I do. I'm a father. Uh, like there's, there's so many things, but that's who I am professionally. If you want to know a little bit more about me personally, I'm happy to bring that into. No, that's beautiful. And all I want to say is thank you for bringing your whole self to the world. Cause that only benefits everyone. And you obviously have a lot to offer and only bringing part of yourself is not, you know, not in full alignment and aligned to our purpose. And also talking about this outliers kind of edge and in, in, in leadership, I feel like that's where a lot of the, the growth and the transformation is happening. So when you say that two to 3%, one of the things I was thinking about was before we get into kind of that outlying leadership, like, what did you learn about yourself as you were going through that process over the last couple of years? of really embracing your whole self. This is, thank you, Jennifer. I think, I think this is the meat of it all. Um, one, I'm still learning. All right. So one of the bigger things was just even, just even recognizing like, oh, this is, this is part of my journey in life. Like there isn't a, I've arrived moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm someone who continues to grow. I continue to challenge myself. I look for leadership, uh, in, I look for where my leadership is most needed. Um, and I run into, uh, for me, it's around loneliness and belonging a lot, right? Yeah. I run into different levels of it. Can I, like, how do I, how can I continue to be me in this new space where they don't know me? 
how, and, and so forth. So that, so I just wanted to start off by saying that the journey is still ongoing. Um, and I also hope as this conversation goes on, as much as I like, I want to talk about like some of the concrete things people can do. I also want to talk about like the costs of it. And, yeah. and if, if you're good with that, cause I, I, I think, I think one of the things that when I started down this journey, one of the things that was most difficult to find was like, when I heard other people talk about like, be authentic, be your authentic self, own yourself, show up fully in the world, like go on there in the back of my mind, there were two things that were happening when I was approaching it. I'm like, well, they all make it look so easy. There must be something wrong with me. I must be missing mm -hmm. something. Um, and then on the other side of it, like, I just didn't realize like how much you would challenge, like it's, it's a real, like answering of a call. Um, but the world, the world really goes and says, are you, are you willing? Let's put it this way. The investment might be a lot, but the rewards are even greater. Uh, but we are going to ask a lot of you. We're going to put you in, in places where you're going to have to like challenge yourself. You're going to have to like really be in uncomfortable situations. And are you courageous enough to go through it until you have the confidence enough to, to have it just yeah. seem like it's a part of you? You yeah. know, so that I, I would say like, like the, that journey, that I, let's leave it at that for now in terms of like two, two of the bigger insights right now. Um, Cause those are the ones that I didn't feel were being, being spoken. One, you're never done, you know? Yeah. Um, and two, like there, there's, there will be investments involved, like, you know, uh, and I, I don't know, there was just, I had a conversation with someone where we were looking at myself leadership and the way I was showing up in the world. Uh, and she just reflected back. She's like, oh yeah. So it seems like there's a cost to showing up this way. And I just, my entire body melted. I just yeah. relaxed so much. Cause I'm like, that's it. It's the unspoken cost about this year. Yeah. It always feels like I have to be like, be project out, you know? Right. And it's like, actually this hasn't been easy. Yeah. This hasn't been easy. It's been worth it, but it hasn't yeah. been easy. I love that. I love that you're pointing out the costs when you said, yeah, I always look at it. It's not a destination. It's a journey. It's mm. a lifelong journey from my perspective, that perspective of just having that courage that you were talking about to really fully embrace ourselves 100%. And there might be some days where we're at 75, 50, I think it fluctuates, right? It's very fluid. Um, but I agree. I mean, just in my own personal development journey, that has been the key is what is the cost too? Because especially on social media and in this world we live in where it's like, we write books that say, here's how glamorous it is. And I know the answers of how to do things, but rarely do we talk about those costs because you're right. There is a big price to pay to be fully human. And I don't think we as a society acknowledge that enough. Um, and all experiences, right. No matter where you come from, who you are, we're all coming from very rich experiences that have impacted our lives. And we avoid at all costs, the costs of really being fully human in many ways. So I appreciate you saying that. And I'm fully, you know, I am more open to talk about that. Um, because I feel like, again, too much do I see on social media and, out in the world that we're portraying how easy, how wonderful, how glamorous it is. But do you really understand what that person has gone through, what they might be overcoming on a daily basis just to show up in that space? 
And I feel like there's a difference also between projecting and almost like illuminating. Like when I'm projecting, it's like almost, I don't know. It feels like it's more of that ego driven kind of like, I want people to see me in a certain way, but when you can see yourself fully and without any of that ego, it's almost like it shines naturally. It's this natural, authentic kind of, um, I don't know. It just feels like illumination. Like you can illuminate the world with your light without necessarily having to put forth a lot of effort or a lot of like, you know, bells and whistles to make it, to make it happen. Yeah, Jennifer, I'm, I'm here smiling, uh, as, as you're talking, because, um, when you use the word illumination, um, I spent, I talked to people about this here. No one's, no one's described it that way. So I just want to kind of point out mm-hmm. for you as, as this goes on, there, there's something about that word illumination. There's also like a mm-hmm. quality in which you said it that like, it feels very rich coming from you, coming through you. Um, and that's something that like, I'm like, oh, she owns illumination and it went away differently than, than others. Like, um, yeah, I, when you talk about projecting versus uh, illumination, uh, you'll find with me, I, I'm, I'm big on distinctions and nuance. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, what's the, again, like, what's that two to 3% difference that like, yeah. when played out over several years, like, right. takes you to completely different areas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you talked about, the projecting versus illumination. I have something where in, in my work, I'll talk about um, being a brand versus a beacon, right? And so a lot of times we're, 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 put, we're, we're encouraged, we're taught, we're, we're, we're told like, unless you have your brand out in the world, what's your brand? What's the thing you wanna put out into the world there? Um, and when I think about the beacon, the beacon is like, I'm lit. This is where I'm at. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like, this is where I stand. This is, this is my domain. I am here. They're like, it is bright. It is like the world around me is illuminated uh, yeah. and you shall see, you shall yeah. see if you want, if you want, I, it is, it is really readily available. Uh, and those that are drawn to that will come in as well. So uh, when you say that, it really does hit me on multiple levels when you're talking about projecting yeah. versus illumination. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a powerful skill and especially for self-leadership. At least from my own experience, what I've learned is the more that we can embrace our whole selves, the more we can step into maybe that discomfort or the places that scare us, um, the more that that beacon of light or that illumination or that just pure energy that comes from us naturally is available, right? I think we spend a lot of time trying to build a facade around what we want people to see and not necessarily allowing that facade to me, almost more like a veil where people can see through it and see like the essence of who you are. Um, and I feel like that's the process of kind of that journey that you were talking about, but there are a lot of costs that sometimes you can lose friends or family members, or you can do things that are really uncomfortable that might give you a lot of anxiety. I mean, whatever it is, but it's having that courage, like you said, to really step into that. And it is, it feels very purposeful. Like, it's like, yes, this is why I'm here. This is why I'm a human being in the year 2022 here on this earth. This is what, this is what I'm meant to do. Yeah. Do you mind, like you brought up, do you mind for bringing some distinctions as well as what you're saying? Okay. Um, one of them is around the word cost. So I'm, you'll notice in this conversation, I'll use the word cost. I'll try and I'll try and use it as Mm -hmm. like, uh, intentionally as I can. So I'll talk about um, on the journey, I'll usually use a language around like their investments to make, because mm-hmm. when you, when you think, when I think about it, a cost, it's like, I've paid something and I get something in return and that's it. When I think yeah. about an investment, it's something that I've, like I've, I've put in 
something, mm -hmm. but it's going to, it's not only going to come to me one time, but it's going to continue to appreciate and grow. All right. So there's a little yeah. bit, it's a little bit of that different relationship there. So you might see me like use that language. I'm using it very, really intentionally if I do do that. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other side, when I do think about costs, because like there are like, you have different ways of looking at it. Uh, it takes me to my actuarial days. And I haven't like, mm -hmm. I haven't thought about this, like in like to this degree in a while, but um, I like to say like, uh, and I think this is a part of the, the journey as well. It's like, as you continue to evolve in your self-leadership, everything you've done in life is important. You're like, every single experience you have can come into play. And right now my actuarial experience feels like it's coming into play. Uh, and the two costs that come to mind right now, when I think about that um, are sunk costs and opportunity costs. Um, and so sunk costs, the idea of sunk costs is um, get into a place where uh, regardless of what you have put in, uh, in, into uh, a venture and endeavor into something, um, that that amount is gone, right? Whatever you've put in, it, it has happened and, you will, and it will not come back to you. Uh, oftentimes it's, it's used in relation to like, okay, it's time to let it go. It's a sunk cost. Let's just move forward and, and let right. it be, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think about that, like I had to, if we're talking about like the challenges and things, some of the sunk costs that I had was I was, in, I was working to be uh, an, a credentialed actuary. I had put in, probably I think six to eight years if I can consider also my my college days you know right. I was uh my early 20s living in New York City my friends were out there mm -hmm. partying and I, I remember it just almost seemed like there was a a test every Halloween I was like what did you have against Halloween <laughs> <laughs> because my friends would be out there dressing up in costumes and I'm right. and I'm sitting alone studying right mm -hmm. but I I got to the point where I knew like this wasn't this was not me this was not mm -hmm. like, I can do, I, I'm fine at doing the math. I'm fine at doing, doing the process. I can make progress, but this wasn't me. And I had to pay a sunk cost to leave that entire, like all the, yeah. the progress that I had made while taking exams as an adult, it, like yeah. all that behind in order to start getting more aligned with what it is that like, that I truly, truly wanted. So that mm -hmm. that's one cost I felt like came up. Then on the other side, there's the opportunity cost. And, yeah. and the opportunity cost has been really helpful as, as like I've been pursuing self-leadership from a career, from a courage uh, standpoint, which is like, okay, I could stay this way, but what am I, what am I going to miss out on? Right. Like what, yeah. like, what's the opportunity that's missing? So you talked about friends, for example. Mm -hmm. All right. Jennifer, are you, are you cool if I'm just like real with you here around like, yeah, like, sure. like what's happening? Yeah. So as I'm going down this self-leadership journey, I've recognized that like loneliness is what shows up for me in different different parts of it um one of the things that i'm getting more comfortable being uncomfortable and sharing uh is that like uh, i went to an ivy league university and one of their models mottos was uh we're elite not elitist elite not elitist and as time has gone on i've been finding that i'm like oh i'm surrounded by people but i'm still feeling lonely why is mm -hmm. that I'm surrounded by people, good people, well-meaning, well-intentioned people, mm -hmm. but I'm, but like something is missing. Um, and for me, what was missing was that like elite game. I'm like, like, like you're not, you're, we're not playing this at an all-star level. We're play, there's, like, we're playing it to survive or to get by and that's cool, right. but I need something more. Right. And that there, for me, I started to realize that like, oh, the opportunity cost that I was paying of like, by not allowing myself to well, essentially I felt like if I if I showed up fully as I was if I went for what I wanted if I said things like elite not elitist not even if I said like if I said I went to an Ivy League organization right I feel like that mm -hmm. I was like that's going to cause a divide like mm -hmm. like I, like I couldn't handle that right mm -hmm. um and 
But what that was missing, what was missing was that I wasn't being a beacon and I wasn't illuminating the fact that I'm like, I like to play an all-star game. Anyone else out there that wants to play an all-star game, let's go and do it. So mm-hmm. I have seen some people fall off from my life as I've been claiming more of, of what it is that I want as been owning more of my own self-leadership. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I've had so many amazing people come. I would not mm-hmm. have met you, Jennifer, had mm-hmm. I not stepped into that claim, you know? So it's a really interesting, uh, interesting component. And I just, I wanted to yeah. kind of break that out there when we think about cost, because I, it, otherwise it might feel heavier than it actually yeah. is. It's, it's, it's important. It's meaningful. Um, but it's not, it's, it's not something that like, it's not, doesn't need to be a sacrifice. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I think there's connotation behind sacrifice, right? That what was coming up for me actually was, do you see any opportunity in that sunk cost? Mm. In many ways I do. Um, I think it's, I think it's the element of like living a life that's created, living a life where, where, where you really acknowledge that everything that you've done, like mean something everything is yes. meaningful right? right and so so that's when i'm working with when i'm working with different leaders when i'm working with my my clients when i'm working with people who are like in the space of like really trying to make a transition and trying to transform and trying to own like all mm-hmm. of who they are like a lot of us have been working towards something we've been yeah. like like we're our identities are wrapped up in it as well our friends know us as this, like, it's like, it's the work that we've done. We put in money, we put in time, like, yeah. and we get to this place of like, well, if I'm not, if I'm not this, if I'm not known as this, then like, who am I, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like, I feel like that's where like, just being able to acknowledge like some of the sunk costs, like I am, I am all the, the accumulations of these experiences. I am yeah. better. I'm still better at Excel than most people I meet. Even yeah. the people who are still to this day using it. Like, I believe it. Creative. You know, <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say how good I am because I'm afraid people are going to come to me and ask me to do. You know, I'm going to be hitting you up. Yeah. Like, I can't exactly. figure out this formula. You I'm, like, I'm like, no, no, no. That was, that was another life. But uh, I use it. I use that for tools. I use that mm-hmm. to like, to do different analysis and know how's my business growing? How's my, how's my impact in the world going from a numbers and metrics perspective? Uh, I'm working like, so this, this element of, it truly becomes sunk if you put it down and forget about it. But like, uh, I have a mentor and he's like to say, transcend and include, you know, mm-hmm. you might be going yeah. beyond it. You might've like, it might seem like you've left it uh, behind, but the real thing is to find out the various nuggets that you can and bring it along the way. Exactly. Cause that's what creating that whole self experience to me, at least means is that anything that I've done in my life, that may be a sunk cost, right? What can I, what can I learn from that? What can I bring with me? Because the more that we can bring with us, I think we can, what I call is integration, integrate it into our whole selves so that we, I think what feels true, at least to me is the letting go part is letting go of that attachment to maybe what was or decisions that we made that maybe weren't, you know, in alignment with who we were or, you know, we decided to go in a different direction, but really, I think sometimes we get really attached to, well, geez, I spent eight years of my life studying for this exam or, you know, whatever. And then I didn't end up actually going for it. Wow. That was a waste of time. Like, I can't believe I did that and blah, blah. I mean, we could go down the the rabbit hole there, but I think it's a matter of like really honoring what we were able to experience what we were able to learn and then use those as opportunities. Like you said, to transcend. I love that word because 
I always look at it like the transformation process is like, it's a transcending process where it's like, we're constantly kind of pushing forward, but we're also pushing up. It's like, I'm always trying to get to that next level of whatever that means for me, as far as my growth and transformation, but that includes all of it, right? It's not about like, well, you know, in college, I played basketball. I can't ever think about that again. I'm leaving that behind and never became a WNBA star. So, but it's like, well, what did I, what did I learn from that experience? And what opportunities maybe did it give me that actually put me on this path? Um, one of the things I'll share with you that was coming up for me as far as that sunk cost was, and I was just talking to my therapist about this on Friday, I was saying, you know, 15 or 16 years ago, when I started on my kind of this personal transformation journey, I've been in therapy for basically the last 16 years. I told her, I was like, you know, at the time I didn't understand why I was doing it. I just had this intrinsic urge to do it. And I was, I just went with it. I was like, fine, I'm going to do it. And along the way, I've learned a lot, but in the beginning, it felt like that sunk cost where it was like, gosh, I'm paying all this money. I'm going there every two weeks. I'm not really seeing the value. Like when's this ever going to, you know, turn my life around? What's it about? But now looking back 15 to 16 years later, I see all of the opportunities and how it was really laying that foundation. So that even though maybe in the moment we didn't either take the opportunity or see the path, I think the path is being laid for us and it's there. It just took me some time, I think, to really see it and really embrace it and really fully embrace the path that I'm on now. And therapy is a great mental health for me is a big thing for many years. That was part of me that I didn't want to accept that I didn't want to live and fully embrace. But as I've started to really embrace that more and more, I can see all of the opportunities that were there. And at the time it may have felt like a sunk cost, but it was actually more of an opportunity for me to kind of just, and from a self-leadership perspective, just do the really big work that has helped me kind of transcend some pretty big events that have happened in my life um, that have brought me to where I am today. So it's about, for me, it's about embracing all of that and just, I don't know. I mean, for me, that's what it feels like when I'm trying to be whole and really owning all of that. It's about owning all of it, even the mistakes, even the doubt, even the, you know, I don't know. Does any of that resonate with you or? It resonates. There's, there's a lot that resonates with me. Um, yeah. You use the word integrate. Uh, integrity is my highest value. And and mm -hmm. to me, I, you know, it, it's one of those where if you look at the etymology of it, it's similar to integer, right? Integrate. Mm -hmm. It's to like, it's to be whole. It's like, like whole numbers, right? Yeah. And so like, I, I, this is, this is where I think about outlying leadership, like self-leadership, whatever you want to call it, right? Um, where it's like the, like the leadership of just being you out in the world and choosing to remain like remain solid in that foundation um i feel like that's a whole this is a whole process of, of integrating the fragmented parts of ourselves uh and and allowing ourselves to be whole regardless of the environment that we're in you know it's not i'm one way with my family and another way at the work and i'm another way with this group of friends at work and i'm another way with these people it's like i'm just me this is it you get the whole package i'm like i'm everything's integrated and i'm in integrity i am whole uh so that that really resonated um you also brought up something i think that's also that's really important which is like uh the support that we get along this journey as we're on our transformation journeys um i think that i think there's a lot of both stigmas and also um 
I, I don't know what the right the right word is around it, but like, um, yeah, there's there's like there's like this depiction of like what it looks like to be a leader, what it looks like to like like if you have it or you don't. Um, right. Another another thing my mentor says is that we often compare our, how we feel on the outside on the inside with how they look on the outside. Yeah, you know. Um, and so mm-hmm. when I hear you talk about support, that that really really resonates is true whether like for me I've always done I've done coaching um mm-hmm. and but then and but I've also done masterminds and I've had like I've had one-on-one I've had groups I've been in large communities uh like I, I sometimes I'll go on to uh, a Facebook live and I'm like I don't want to I don't want to make a message out into the world unless my body is shaking because like mm. unless my nervous system is rejecting it because it's yeah. th- there's something in that moment that if I'm willing to put out into the world with whoever I need to right yeah. like it's going to help me get to one one step further to to more integration one one yeah. less thing that I'm trying to hide uh and mm-hmm. I I just think it's just important regardless of where you go for it you know, what modality you use, whether it's therapy or whatever it is, like, I, I think it's just important that we get support along the way. Yeah. Um, and we're met, we're met with people who can support us at the level that we need. Maybe it's yeah. a level of depth. I'm, I'm playing with a place of uh, co-creation right now, where when I'm taking mm-hmm. outlying leaders, I'm like, you've been, you've been able to be, be personally successful at, at like, but what happens, like, but what if you didn't have to do it alone? What would happen if you were with others who are also in playing the same two to three percent game? Like, yeah. what kind of support can you bring to each other? What kind of inspiration, so on and so forth? That's a different yeah. degree of support, but it's like yeah. this whole idea of like we don't need to do it alone, uh, yeah. and like and to get, yeah, I, I, there's there's just there's that really really resonated here, and just like it just it felt like it was like being called out of me when when you said it, yeah. just like a deep resounding yes internally. Yeah, what do you make of that? I love that. I love that you said you're not alone. Cause I feel like honestly at the core in a lot of my coaching as well. And when I'm talking with leaders and even just having conversations with friends, I feel like the question they're always asking at the core is, am I alone? And I feel like, especially in leadership, especially in corporate, you've been there too, right? Like, I feel like we're really over-rotated into problem solving. And a lot of times I like to ask my leadership team is, what do you think they're really trying to say? Because a lot of times where their minds go is like, we need to help them understand the strategy. We need to connect the dots. We need to make sure they understand the vision. And I'm like, no, what do you think they're really trying to say? Because I think at the core, what most people are asking themselves is, am I alone? And the co-creation process I love. I mean, that's why coaching is so wonderful and therapy and other, you know, similar modalities is that you aren't alone. And if you, if we can bring that safety into the space so that people feel like they aren't alone and like they belong, I think there's even a level of healing. And that's what I love, especially about the therapy journey for me is like having been through some pretty big traumas in my life that I've been able not only develop myself personally, but develop some deeper level of healing around that to develop, which also in turn helped develop my own personal leadership. And I think that if we can answer that question for people so that every time they ask you, am I alone? The answer is no, we are together. We are here in this space. You belong. I think there's something even healing about that where people get it. And it's this deep, like compassion and empathy that shows us really at the end of the day that we're humans and we're all connected. And that's a great way to really 
pause and take that time to really answer that question for somebody. Cause I believe it firmly that that is the question that most people are asking in almost any situation. Am I alone? And anything we can do as coaches, as leaders, as therapists, educators, parents to answer that question, I feel like we'd see a much different world personally. I'm deeply resonating with this, but you, but you did not know is that my number one fear is being alone. Uh, yeah. I, most I people to, it is right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're not yeah. alone in that either. Yeah. I'm not alone. And that's like, and that, yeah. I think that's a, that's the thing that's been really interesting. It's like, it's, um, it's, am I alone? Am I the only one that's thinking this in the room here? If I said this, would I be, if I went out on a limb, would I be alone? Would anyone else have my back? Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. it, it, as you were saying this and, and talking about being alone, like it's, it's, it's at the core of what I do in a lot of yeah. ways. Like when I think about self-leadership, it's like, it's being able to answer that question, like, yeah. and, and, and the, in the deepest part of like, it's almost like th- there's like a paradox to it. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like, the answer is yes and absolutely not at the same time, you know? Mm. Um, mm. I think I think about this here a lot. I, I, Cause I, I like, I think yeah. this is why I look at like the cost and all this stuff, what's coming up for you. I can see like you're thinking about some things. I'm kind of curious before I go on. Yeah, no, when you said yes and no, that is so true because when you were talking about it being alone, um, this is something, loneliness is something that I've contemplated a lot just in therapy. And just as you get older, I find that like our worlds get smaller and you know, you may have less friends, but they might be deeper connections. Right. But I'm personally someone, I don't know. I like solitude and I personally don't struggle a ton with like feeling lonely or like I need people around me or friends or talking to people, but that is something that I think it's both it's yes. And no, at the same time, I think it's an internal question. We're always asking ourselves. One thing my therapist tells me that has been a practice that I love is she's like, when you start to ask yourself your que- that question, you make the U-turn. So when we start to want to project out, this goes for anything. You start to project out, that's perfect opportunity to turn back inward to ask what, what are you missing? What is coming up for you? What are you feeling? What traumas might be getting triggered? So I think it is true. Like you said, it can be both at the same time. And I think that that whole idea is present in almost everything. There can be multiple things true at the same time. Mm. And I think that's where nuance comes into. I, I like that. You just gave me something to think about here because it's usually I'll get into conversations and people are like, well, you know, we can do from both sides. And I'm like, you know, you know there's, there's so much more. Uh, and when you describe like that whole idea right there, I'm like, that's mm-hmm. it. And the wholeness and the complete and the totality of it all and the, and the, and the completion of it all. It's so much more full, so much more rich than just two. Um, and this gets me to something here, like, because like, look, I, I, I love, I go out of my way to find people who have done things differently. People who have like stood out from the crowd who are like, they're, they're not supposed to be there. Like, like, it's like somehow they're there. They may not feel it, but like, mm-hmm. like on paper, like they've created success against the odds. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they're looking to say like, what's going to come next. Uh, and when that happens, like there's this, there's this element of, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing that works with me. It's like this paradox. It's like all I'm ever helping someone do and no matter what, whatever, whatever we call it, like all I'm ever helping someone do is just like to feel more, to embrace and own more of who they are. And, but when I play that out, if I take that out to its fullest extent, cause I do that at times, um, I'm like, if I was 
actually successful with everything that I did and every person I talked to embraced fully who they who they were well then what would that mean well then that that would get that person to be in the one and only I'll use myself the one and only Niyama Kwekua Shang on the planet right Mm -hmm. uh in this planet of seven plus billion people right there's only one of me and that is like so like 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 can you feel more alone and can you feel more like at like like if you really look at it right it Mm -hmm. is it is like that's part of the courage it's part of like the investment like are you willing to be alone on that front and then it continues on there right so like like I don't want to just I want to say like it's 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 a big ask like to say like are you willing to to be the one you know and then the thing becomes well what if everyone was the one but we still mm-hmm. technically wouldn't be alone. What's mm-hmm. here? And, and this is where I found like my, my, like my, I call it my unconventional truth. It's like most people think one thing, but the mm-hmm. truth is something different. Uh, yeah. And do you mind if I share it? Do you mind yes, please. Okay. Yeah. One of the unconventional truths that, that plays out a lot in my life is most people believe that the way that uh, the way to bring people together is to find out what we have in common and what our similarities are. But the mm-hmm. truth is, the real way to make people come together, the real way to help them belong, is to celebrate and value what makes them different. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's it's more about like giving space and saying, "Wow, Jennifer, you've had your experience here. You've like mm-hmm. you've done this. You've played basketball. You've done this. You've done that. Like that ha- that wasn't a part of the equation before. You know, mm-hmm. we we didn't have anyone who's had your experiences uh, in in our lives before. Now that you're here." Mm-hmm. We, a whole new world of opportunities have become available for us that weren't there beforehand. And yeah. so there's this, it's this really interesting juxtaposition of like, of like, of what it really, what it really means to yeah. own that. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. and how, if that's the case, and I think we need to look at some of the ways that we are approaching life, leadership, um, togetherness, inclusion, and so forth from a, a different angle, uh, yeah. such that like, just that we're able to continue to foster in more yeah. of what's different. Uh, and I think it also gives us space to, to know, at least I'll say this for me, it has been one of the key paths to me finding belonging in myself to go yeah. and say, like, <laughs> to walk into a room and know in the back of my mind, uh, I'm going to enter, like, it's a bit uncomfortable for me to say it, so I'm going to say this. Uh, but to know in the back of my mind, I'm like, hey, you all are welcome. Niyama is now in the room. There's something here that couldn't have been done before I was here. And so mm-hmm. immediately, like as, as soon as I entered the room, there's something of value that I have to bring. And it's just me, you know, yeah. uh, it's like just that simple. Curious yeah. if anything is like, it's popping yeah. up for you on that. Like, can I say that? I love that. The celebrating the differences, because one thing I was thinking about as you were talking about being in the two to 3%, if we're trying to find what's common, we can be leaving out big parts of people that, and also not really acknowledging what is there and what is obviously different. And that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with that. It's, but I feel like we do, especially in DE and I, DE and B, we, I, I don't know. I feel like we're missing a huge piece and I feel like it's more of the discomfort folks don't necessarily want to maybe lean into or really, um, embrace that discomfort that might be like, Hey, we haven't been doing things really well. And it's been impacting these people in this way. And there's differences there and that's okay. Now the question becomes, what can we do about it? And how can we 
have different conversations, make the space safer so that people feel comfortable enough to bring all those parts of themselves and acknowledging. And I think what you said hits it on the head is like, just really acknowledging that there are differences. And that is actually what makes life really beautiful. Like you said, because there is only one, you there's only one me, there's only one of each of us. And all of those differences, I think we're missing out on an opportunity to really, um, integrate how I'm again, always seeing everything, even organizations is how do we integrate all parts of the organization from the executive down to the individual contributors. We all need to be integrated so that we feel like we belong, we're safe and we can embrace those differences. And in those differences actually comes a lot of innovation, a lot of new, new ways of thinking, new ways of doing, new ways of being new conversations. So I'm a hundred percent in alignment with you that I'm not about necessarily seeing like, let's find the same, like where we all kind of align, but let's look at all those fragmented parts and start putting the pieces back together to make that integrated whole. Um, I just see, I mean, my question to you would be like, what do you see as being some of the roadblocks as to why, especially maybe in organizations, why people are maybe afraid of kind of stepping into that space? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's have that conversation. So let's, so, um, what I would say here is this, like, uh, you said the word afraid. I think, I think we have to look at fear. Fear is, fear is, mm-hmm. is at the core of it all. And it looks different for different people. All right. It looks different for different mm-hmm. people. So, um, and now I, I, I say a lot of these conversations feel like there's landmines everywhere mm-hmm. where it's like, if you, if you say the wrong thing in front of, like, like, like you could step on something. Um, and I think, and so, so the, the area of it is in terms of the roadblocks, I think it's, I think it's like the, it's this element of like, I need, I, like, I don't want to offend. Uh, it's, it's so, it's, so I'm, I'm piecing this out here. Cause I, cause I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking about specific people who I've worked with that have had like different uh, challenges with, and, and the roadblock has looked different for, for, yeah, for sure. them. So, mm-hmm. um, so some, some roadblocks I've, I've worked with, um, white men who have pro- progressed very quickly in their career, who then get to a place of saying like, okay, I want to have this conversation. I want to show up and celebrate the differences, uh, in this way, but like two things are running through my, like, like I'm a privileged person, like, like they're, they're in the space of saying, of acknowledging their privilege and like, well, how do I actually like create the space for this conversation? Should I be in the leadership of it all? Um, mm. like that shows up there. Uh, but on the other side of it, and this is when we really get a chance to be real. It's like, it's like, have I actually earned this spot? Like, am I actually mm. as good as what I think I am? I know I'm in the role, like, but like, like everyone, like, like what, what I'm hearing around me is that like, I might've gotten this just because I'm tall or my skin color or because of like the gender I was born with at birth. Like there's all these different things like, yeah. uh, and like there's fear of having, of, of being confronted having to like answer that question. Like, how good am I really? Like, what's the value that I'm really bringing? That's, that, that, that's one way of, of seeing it. Yeah. Um, there are other times where it comes up and do, do you take something? Okay. That's okay. Uh, there, there are other, there are other sides where it will show up from a standpoint of um, the roadblock. The roadblock being 
like almost like it's like like the the idea of safety but not but it not actually being there uh, i typically say if someone says it's a safe space i'm like okay it's not safe if, like that's that's typically my i'm like like you have to do the work to create the safety um and in that in that the, the space would be there but I, I think at the end of the day at the end of the day like the fear the fear is the roadblock and like no matter how how we look at it we all have our own different ways that it manifests um but I think I, the core of it is like like what is keeping us from our deeper levels of integration and wholeness uh, are various degrees of fear. Um, yeah. What if I say this? I talk to leaders in, or, in organizations, and they're like, "What if we make a decision this way, and it offends someone?" Or today it was the right decision, then tomorrow, like we find out that like ooh, we were on the wrong side of history for however long history lasted until it changed again, you know. Uh, and so, so this is why I talk a lot about courage right now because it's like. It, it does take, it's not about eliminating the fears. It's yeah. about like, can you, can you go in and work through something uh, with like in a different way? And the last thing I would say around it in terms of the roadblocks is that like, we have, we haven't lived, we haven't had like generations or decades of experience of seeing like what happens when you embrace something. So like, it's like what we've been taught and what we've experienced is one direction it's like and and now again we have to be courageous enough to go on a ledge and say but i think there's something better i know that there, there can be something more we don't just have to converge with the same problems that we're solving we can have something new emerge with a new possibility that we want to create together and how do we how do we courageously step into that together so that we know that we have each other's back that we will that we will be making mistakes along the way it's part like transformation like for me, my transformation journey has always had a, a huge period of messiness. Anytime, oh, yeah. anytime that I'm not embracing that, then we know that there's yeah. not real transformation taking place. How does that sound? Does that, does that feel? Yeah, no, like that feels right. Add on to it? Yeah. I mean, what I would say also adding on to that with that last piece is, you know, I often say like, I can always feel right before a big kind of, I don't know, trans I'm transcending maybe another piece of this transformation journey. There's always some big event happening where I'm feeling really uneasy. Like it almost feels like the universe comes in and just kind of shakes things up. And I'm like, Whoa, what's happening? Like almost right before that moment when you kind of like get through it. And then you feel like you're almost at this new place where you're like, okay, I got through that. And I, you know, you've kind of gone through the process. And as you start to develop more self-awareness, I've noticed like you can actually start to see it and you can start to see like, it's almost like an earthquake. You feel kind of the, the pre-shock or whatever, where it's like, okay, there's a little jolt. And then you're like, okay, I know something's coming. Like there's some big, you know, or it doesn't even have to be big, but you can start to notice kind of how life is almost kind of preparing you. And you can see that whole process. I've definitely especially in the last few years, really been able to lean into that and go, Oh, I see when this, this happens. Usually that's life kind of not testing me, but kind of challenging me in a way to go, okay, are you ready for, you know, maybe the next, you know, growth opportunity? Um, so that's one thing I'll say going back to fear though, when you were talking about safety and that integration, part of big part of integration for me is understanding trauma. And what I mean by that is I think a lot of people, and I think we all are going through and reacting based on triggers or traumas that we've had in our life. And this is something I talk to my leadership team a lot about, even going through things like organizational changes or making, you know, different changes 
just broadly, not huge impact, not people impact, but just changes in direction, understanding the impact and how that's going to trigger people, I think is really an important, um, way to be able to develop more of that, um, belonging and embracing the differences because everybody has a different response. And it, as a leader, I don't say you have to be a therapist. You don't need to necessarily understand their trauma, but understand that that trauma exists. And part of the integration is finding ways to either talk directly to that trauma or that person who's going through that reaction and finding ways to be that support for them. So I think that was what was coming up for me was when you're in these uncomfortable conversations where you might have to ask yourself, oh, did we make the wrong decision? Like, again, it's bringing all of that with you, but also understanding I might be having a trauma response. Someone else might be having a trauma response and just kind of seeing that. And I don't know, for me, again, I've seen that there's a way that we can be really effective as leaders and organizations if we can recognize that like recognize that people are responding based on things that either they've been through or it's touching on things that have really impacted them. And that's okay. Again, embrace those differences. But when we go like, oh, I'm not going to really think about that. That's not my business. Like, you know, your issues are, you know, not work related. I think we create more of that divide in organizations that I've seen, but if we have the courage to just own it and say, yeah, I mean, I can see that this is really hard for you and this is impacting you and give them that support and have that in mind as you're developing the strategies of how you're going to roll out change or how you're going to roll out different programs or how you're going to communicate to people, have that in your mind that people are going to be having those responses. That to me also creates part of that integration because we can't ignore that a lot of people are either suffering or struggling or having a response based on something that you're doing or saying, acknowledge that, own it and find ways to integrate it and support people so that you can also help them kind of transcend as well. Now, I don't know how any of that lands with you, but that was something that was kind of floating in my mind as you were, as you were talking. Yeah. I like in this moment, I'm choosing not to like, let it land. I wanted to let it continue to like to evolve and let let the let mm-hmm. the ripple let the ripples of it come out. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like there's actually more to keep growing and expanding on. Um, what I'm feeling here is like a, a deep level of like intentionality and care um, uh, that's that's brought into the leadership, um, and 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 a level of understanding uh, and compassion to say like let's let us let us proactively take into account that like people are people here. We don't like, if, if they were machines or they were just like computers, it'd be a different thing, you know, but we are humans and we are humans who work, you know, um, we are, and this, this could be work. It could be, it could be play. Hey, this is like, you're leading a sports team. You're leading like, like there's so many different ways that this can happen when you're leading Mm -hmm. people. right? Right. And I think that's, I think that's one of the, when I'm hearing from you here, it's like, this is part of what we are signing up for in our society at this time like to truly be in the lead right now, like there's an element of, it, of knowing that like, like let us honor people's experiences. And as leaders, let us create ways for people to honor those experiences for themselves. Whether like, whether it may seem in the, like, I talk about like time of the big T and time of the little T and, this, and the little T is like the right now time. Right. It might feel like, hey, we're slowing things down to go and address something that doesn't feel really pertinent to the work. Whereas time in the big T is like, like 
they're like, wow, this organization is at least taking the time to, they're trying, yeah. they're intentional about it. You know, I like, I don't know where else I would, I wouldn't want to take my skills, take these experiences that I've had and bring it somewhere else because I like, I'm not willing to lose. I, I cannot, I know that I have a manager who is at least cares and we can find a way to, to navigate that. Doesn't mean they're getting it right, uh, but we're navigating that. And I think that that's this, this goes into the element of, I talk about like, be courageous. Do you mind if I like share like one sure. thing, one of the things that has been like helpful to yeah. actually help like, step yeah, into that courage love to okay yeah so so for me like there the, the comes an element of uh, i call it creating agreements it's it's really now as i do this more i'm like create your space create your space I, I, it's it's interesting but i think of like organizational culture especially as like it's like a game like you can go do the same work in different organizations but they play the game differently like this is how we, this is what we reward this is how we like hire this is this is what like this is what we're looking for and this is like this is the values that we build everything on so one one thing that i have found when it comes to like being more courageous or stepping into courageous elements is to create your space intentionally with the people who are directly in front of you um so what that might mean is like let's say jennifer if you and i were in a position where it's like oh i need to say something and it feels like, and like my heart's feeling hot. I have my own way where my nervous system says like, right. like, yo, yeah. <laughs> there's something nearby. I might like pause it and just like, just like, hey, Jennifer, like, I would love to like, just like, just create like an agreement with you here because like I'm working right now on really stepping into a place of like owning my truths and owning and, and being in a place where I'm allowing my leadership to transcend like what makes me uncomfortable so that the two of us are able to get like the best, the possible result that's possible. Are you good with me in this this part of the conversation, just like sharing and owning owning my truth without me having to like, you know, I don't know, trying to make you, I don't know, it's me also honoring you by, by like saying like, I know that you can handle it, but let me just check in with you. And rather than just like assume, like, can we just make this into an agreement? Is this something that you'd be open to in this conversation? Mm. And so in doing that, it, it's for me, it, it creates a space of like, I'm going to say something I'm going to, or I'm going to do something. I'm going to behave in a way that is, that, that is going to take something out of me. Let me just, let's just create an agreement. Let's create the space where this is no longer a detriment or, or, or we can like actively know that, Hey, we, let's, if something happens here, let's talk about it. Let's, let's talk about it. And I think that um, creating different agreements and what I would say is creating your space uh, it has been one of the biggest game changers for me in my leadership journey overall, my other's leadership, mm -hmm. uh, my self-leadership, um, because there are, there are things that I am working through that I know that on the other side, like, like I, know, I know I have to get to it, go work through it to get to the other side. Um, mm -hmm. And it has, it's eventually, eventually you get to the place where it's no longer courageous and it's just the way that you, you enter into conversations and it just feels like, new people it feels like it's always been you um but that that has been one of the strongest tools that i have i, I call it creating agreements for people uh in like and kind of like the more like um almost like the more bulleted form but really for me it's like creating a space creating a conversation and mm -hmm. and saying like just because we've defaulted it's getting out of the default of what it is mm -hmm. getting out of the default of people's assumptions the way that their expectations the way that they think it needs to be the way they think they need to play and say hey by the way we mm -hmm. are we are leaders in this space with one another and we can mm -hmm. create this in a different way yeah i love that what i hear you saying is vulnerability um, mm -hmm. and also 
leveling the playing field almost, which is something that I'm intrigued by. One of the things that I think about, especially in organizations of why it feels so hierarchical and why it feels almost parental in a way where it's like, it feels like you're almost co-creating and leveling the playing field and saying, Hey, we're equals. And we're coming to the space and we are mutually agreeing on, you know, what that space is going to look like and what to expect. I mean, I think that's beautiful, but I think it, I was hearing vulnerability as like a key aspect yeah. and element of that. Yeah. You, you really, you really nailed it. It's like, it's like, there's, there's two parts of it. I'll come back to the, to the like level in the playing field part, cause it is mm-hmm. separate. But I think what it is, is that in that creating a space, it creates a space while you're in that courageous mode to create the space for like, for vulnerability to live more yeah. openly and for, for you to not be in reaction mode and to not, and the other person not to have to be in reaction either. It just gives you both a chance to respond uh, yeah. and say like, okay, you know what? I ask some questions when I, when I meet people and I'm coaching them for the first time, I say, I'm going to hide nothing and hold nothing back from you. Are you good with that? I've yet to get someone say, no, I prefer for you to hide something. Right. No, please. Right? Please. <laughs> right. But, but at the same time, there are things that I say later on in the conversation that like could feel really, I, I'm meeting people for the first time and we're having these conversations within five minutes. Some people are having their, their breakthroughs there. Like, and it's because we're able to get to this level of, of we're able to, we're able to create something different. We're able to, and it, and it signifies a way of saying like, Hey, here goes something that's, that's that's different between us so a lot of times someone might, might do it by like saying let's create some ground rules and all that mm-hmm. i think like unfortunately with some like the ground rule stuff here we missed that stage of co-creation it's almost like you've entered my space and this yeah. is how i want it to be as mm-hmm. opposed to let us create our space and this yeah. is what i'm going to i often use this those those agreements when i'm creating a space to specifically put it, to specifically make okay the thing that i internally think is not okay yeah. you know Right. I'm, I'm like, I often say to people, I'm like, I'm here to serve you, not please you. It's a reminder to me. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not, it's like, it's, it's like, Hey, are yeah. you ready to be served? Like, I'm not going to please yeah. you that I thought it was for, I, I thought for the longest time it was for someone else when I was creating the space, yeah. but it was actually me giving myself not just permission, but like holding myself accountable to, yeah. to playing at a higher standard and, and, and saying, I have committed to this person that I'm going to serve them in this conversation. Mm-hmm. And here I am people pleasing right now. Let mm-hmm. me call that out. Hey, sorry, I made a commitment to you that I would serve rather than please. What you saw there, the last 10 minutes was me actually mm-hmm. in my people pleasing mode. And I just caught it. So if yeah. I'm going to truly serve you and then I deliver it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, that is a process, right? And it feels like life. I mean, everything in life feels like that process is mm. we can make those agreements and sometimes you know, maybe we slip it, you know, we slip out of that agreement and we can realize it, recognize it. I think the process for me is how quickly can we notice those things? It's like, it's not about being perfect all the time. It's about noticing when we may not be holding up our end of the agreement or when we might not be coming into the space in a certain way, can we catch ourselves? And then can we hold ourselves accountable and can we acknowledge it? Right. Cause I feel like that feels like a whole process to me, what you're describing. Um, no, it's beautiful. And I agree because I know a lot of people have that like pleaser kind of um, mentality of wanting, you know, to make others happy, but I feel the service part is what's missing. And I like that you kind of make that distinction. Um, now, did you have something you wanted to share on the the other piece as well, as far as? Uh, there was something else I wanted to share about uh, leveling the playing field. Yeah. Um, 
And I think I think I think it really just gets down to the idea of co-creation. One of the things that has mm-hmm. been showing up for me uh, recently, it's 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 in that space of. I've been looking at collaboration versus co-creation. I do have a distinction there where it's like in my, the way I hold it is that I choose co-creation. Um, I see collaboration as there's a hundred percent here and we're each going to bring in our percentages. Maybe it's 50, 50, maybe it's 60, 40, but let's collaborate to create this thing. hundred percent co-creation is I'm going to bring a hundred percent of me yeah. and you're going to bring a hundred percent of you. And we're going to create something that's going to be larger than the two of us together. We might get to 400 or 500% of what right. either one of us could have done alone. Uh, yeah. That's a nuance that I hold. That's that's not necessarily a like like different people will have different ways of, of feeling around that. That's that's not that's less important uh, than like the invitation to hope to bring people in to meet you, um, to meet you in in, in, in partnership and true co creation there with you. Uh, and it's something that like even in an organization with like even with the you know, the hierarchies that are in place and the structures that are in place. And like, uh, it's something that can still work. And it goes back to the idea of uh, celebrating and valuing differences, right? It's like, like, let us create space for any, for the, the, your experience or whatever else that you have to contribute to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Let's create the space for that to be valued. Ultimately, it may still be my responsibility, or I might be accountable for, for making the end decision here, but let's bring you, bring, bring more of you into the pool yeah. of this conversation so that when, when the, com- when the decision is being made, it's it at least is informed with right. more of you in, in, in this space. So I, I like that. Cause I think sometimes like people are like, we don't have a flat organization. I don't want people like, it's like, okay, I understand that what we're doing right now. is like, we're actually creating a higher sense of ownership uh, mm-hmm. and a higher sense of, uh, of co-creation in there where, whereas someone can now meet you not at, not, doing what you are doing, but bringing what they can bring to contribute toward what you are both creating or what all of you are creating. It's, that's, that. that to me is like, is the element that really, um, it, yeah. it's like, it's like, let's invite what it is that you bring that no one else on this team can bring. Yeah. And let's do that to get to our shared, like uh, results, goals, objectives mm-hmm. uh, in a meaningful and easy way. I love that you're saying that I'm smiling so much because every time you say invitation, that's like my word that I use so much Mm. for how I see so much of life's experiences is about, Mm. it's that invitation. It's life really is, even when you're going through a messy experience, it's really inviting you to have an experience. And what that's saying is like you said, it's that co-creation process. It's that it's that we are together creating something that like you said, can be bigger than ourselves. And I just love when you say invitation, because that's how I look at it as well is like, yeah. it's this invitation for us to come together to, you know, create something or have a discussion or to bring everyone together so that it creates that belonging, right. And that safety and that all the things that we were talking about earlier, where you feel like my voice counts and what I have to say matters. And again, reinforcing that I'm not alone. Like we are together. There's an element. It feels like of that connection when you're invited, when there's that invitation. Um, so that was why I was smiling. So yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. Like that's invitation is very important to me. It's like yeah. la- language is important. There's a difference oh, between absolutely. I challenge, I invite, I'm asking, like there are all these different ultimately it might feel like the same thing. It might, no, it might seem like the same thing, but they feel very different. Uh, yeah. And it calls people into the experience in, in, in different ways. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it, I think it is the job of a leader to create more leaders. 
I think yeah. it's the job of the leader to, to to find the gifts that are on the margin and bring them into the center. That's yeah. uh that, that came from Peter Block, one of one of my mentors that, that I follow. Uh, he wrote the book Flawless Consultant, and then um, uh, one of the books that means a lot to me, Community: The Structure of Belonging. Mm-hmm. Um, like that is, uh, and he says in there, it's like the gift, like the job of the leader is to to take it's to help bring the gifts from the margin and bring them into the center. Right. And that to me is like another process of integrating to make whole, to take that which was fragmented and put outside on the outside mm-hmm. and say, actually, this also belongs. Let's let's yeah. bring this into contribution as well. Yeah. And that goes back to self as well, too. The more I feel like we can integrate ourselves, the more I feel like we can then help to be that change and that integration for others and on larger scales and communities and organizations. So it always, for me, it's always starts, goes back to self, right? Like how mm-hmm. can we find ways to integrate all parts of ourselves more so that we can be more whole and own it. Like you said, and then it's, it's kind of weird. I don't know if you've noticed this. Um, but the more I've done that, I find that people naturally kind of gravitate towards that. Like there isn't really this forced, like you don't have to force people to like, see that ownership that you're talking about. It almost kind of naturally happens and people, they feel that they, um, can be inspired by that. They can be activated by that. So I think the more that we can spend time really integrating ourselves, we can inspire and activate that same integration around us. Um, yeah. it's just really inspiring. This was a great conversation. Honestly, I think I could talk to you for like six more hours. Um, this was fascinating. And I love talking about kind of that outlying leadership and self-leadership. And especially when you're talking about that co-creation process, um, where can people find you out on the web and out in, in life? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm on every platform as at Niyama Ashang. So if you're looking to follow me specifically, uh, some of the work that I do, some of the thoughts that I have and the, the like, uh, I like to, my way of giving and sharing and teaching is often through like examples. So like, even today, we're like, we're going to talk about outlying leadership. I'm like, I'd rather just be an outlier leader, you know, yeah. and like, and like, and have this experience be that, be, be the stepping into what does it look like to be in a space as you and let that be the demonstration. So um, I have a lot of like recorded conversations that I'll do different, different um, where I'm actually coaching people who've agreed to uh, be there as a part of a resource. So anything with at Niyama Ashang, that's N-double-I-A-M-A-H Ashang. Um, you can find me, yeah, you can find, that's the website, that's all that, that's everything that's there. Uh, and then we're also building out things uh, around Outliers Edge, which is really where we're focusing on uh, championing the leaders who are shaping the next era of humanity. And we're helping them with like some of the major issues that work for people who have been one of the only, one of the few, uh, one of the first or one of a kind in most of the things that they do. Like they're in that, they're in their version of the two to 3% club and it goes beyond the demographics. Um, so they were providing different like, resources and different ways to help them with like their vision like uh their like the strategy to bring it to life the mindsets and the doubts and fears and you know the the courage that's involved with it so we we take a look at all these different components and we just find different uh create different resources and we do it in a way one thing i love about that experience that we do it together it's a co-creative environment and we say okay we know that you can be individually great we're going to continue to help you with your self-leadership we're going to continue to help you break that be a leader for others. And then we're going to help you be a leader with others. And that's yeah. like a, a whole other game to be, to yeah. be in a space where you are lifted up. Um, right. So all, everything around that is under outliers edge. 
um, uh, yeah, outliersedge.com and, and, and all the other obviously handles uh, around that. I have a gift here for in the lead listeners. Do you mind if I, if yeah, I share that? Yeah, I'd love that. Awesome. So one of my things is that I realized like I'm about experience. I can talk about these things here, but it's like, it, like that's, it's like people talk like, I want confidence. I'm like, well, like the path to confidence is by, is by gaining the experience. And, uh, and so let's help you gain that. Uh, and so I, I have, I have a community where I do like community coaching. I bring together some other outliers to, uh, and challenge their thinking, look at things differently, but the beauty of it is it's more than me. Like mm-hmm. it's each, it's every person in that group is in there, like looking mm-hmm. at things from different perspectives. We're working on, uh, we have, we have these different times that we meet in a, in a given uh, week. And I wanted to offer to Indelead listeners an opportunity to come in for two weeks, for 14 days uh, and experience it for themselves. And just like get the, not just have that experience, but get the experience of being truly supported. Uh, mm-hmm. Get the experience of being like, like held accountable to be in you. That is, I'm like, I'm like, we don't care about any of your goals. You can bring it in here. We're never going to ask and say, did you do the thing? We're going to ask you who you were being along the way, you know? That's important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if someone's interested in that, they can just go to uh, niyamashan.com slash in the lead. Uh, and it will take them, it will redirect them to a place where they can get uh, 14 days complimentary access as like, it's my gift to anyone that's listening here and just saying, I want to just continue down the, the, the self-leadership journey. Uh, if there's any way that I can support, I'm in for it. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And we'll make sure to include all of that in the show notes so that people can easily find you and find your wonderful gift. Thank you so much. I honestly, it was a, a pleasure talking to you today and exploring what it means to be a leader. So thank you for joining the show. Thank you so much for having me.